It's time for Yusuf on security. Welcome back. Here's one of those memes related to the topic of today. Quote, Someone once told me that none of us are actually afraid of the dark. We are scared of what it conceals from us. We are afraid of having something with the potential to hurt us standing right in front of our eyes and not registering it as a threat. People can be like that too. Unquote. Well, this week we will cover not-so-talked-about topic, inside a threat. In addition, we will recap all the trending security news, including an airline learned of breach from phishing targets. All that coming up next on Yusuf on Security. This is Yusuf on Security, episode 87, recorded Saturday, 1st of October, 2022, Inside a Threat. The Danger Within, Part 1. An American airline learned that it was a victim of a phishing attack, but only when people who received message laced with phishing um, tactics contacted the organization. Um, Once they were notified, the airline security team found obviously that this is the case and therefore um, put their act together. Um, the related technology, of course, is, is an email technology and in particular, the largest email technology used for messaging is Microsoft Office 365. And this was the environment related to this um, phishing attack. Um, it appears that the attacker has taken advantage of a employee of the airline's account, and then once they were able to then authenticate, just like the employee, they were able to send phishing messages to the customers of um, the airline, but also to non-customers of the airline. And the airline learned that you know people who might not be its customer that they received a message of phishing attacks. I've talked about this when I covered reactive versus proactive um, with regard to preventative and mitigation to general um, cyber attack, you know, irrespective of it being phishing or otherwise. Um, Reactive organizations normally start their incident response, unfortunately, only when an alert or notification comes in. Um, And for those of you who've been following um, my show, you might have heard me saying that. And this is a this is a repeat, and this fits snugly into that category. Unfortunately, um, normally the alert will come in. I said from a third party, um, such as the third party can be typical people. Um, you and me receiving a message, and then saying, "Hang on, wait." This email comes in um, from organization A and B, so therefore I'm going to contact the organization. Why would they be sending me this? Or if it's gone too far for those unfortunate enough. Um, when they then wake up, something has actually gone really horribly wrong and they put um, A and B together, then they actually contact the organization which where the message came from. Um, in this case, the airline. 
And this really boils down to incident response team. Um, you know, incident response teams are tasked for really two things. Um, primarily, of course, not only be an incident response. I think the title of that group is really like um, very old now. It has to be a different title um, because incident response means response. You're not therefore, by definition, proactive. Um, but really, incident response task primarily is to go around and make sure things don't go out of hand, meaning you need to make sure um, that you're not complacent, that you have put all your technology in such a way that it should prevent um, um, attacks. Um, and at the very best, we'll be able to alert something is aloof, something is not normal. Um, if you um, go back even to the last two episodes um, that I covered with regard to turning your network into a sensor, this is really where that plays. Um, when something is actually in the making, the technology should be able to pick up and let you know that something is outside of the norm, outside of the baseline, um, and which normally should trip uh, multiple alarms. Um, and in this case, um, if the incident response is not doing that, then, then therefore they are largely waiting to be called into action and relying on the accuracy of the notification it's receiving. What about if they never received any notification? Does that equate nothing is going bad? Um, not, not really. And this is where the other, um, the other aspect comes in, where you then need to be more proactive and do um, like incident response. Um, maybe if you don't have teams um, who have that capability, then this is where you normally will hire um, organization, third-party organization, whether that will be the technology vendor or a um, specialized organization um, that provides um, dedicated, more focused um, to, to incidents. Um, and this is likely covered within the MDR um, framework, um, Managed Detection and Response. So those organizations typically then have access to the telemetry of your of your data. It might actually have access to the dashboard of the product that you are using, network, um, um, 2FAs, um, and so on and so forth. Um, EDRs, um, firewalls, you know, the list goes on and therefore we'll be able to then put um, things together and, and put that through their sock. Um, but if you do have that in-house, then of, of course you do the same thing um, and you therefore don't likely wait, but you'll be more proactive. Um, in, in many cases, the, the, the incident response is, is, is compromised of a, you know, augmentation of, of the staff, such as a third party, as I said, um, that normally fulfilled all the duties um, within, the, within, within what, they are helping with the organization or maybe it's, it's within a team and you draw a number of teams which are tasked for that that, that specific um, job and they're not necessarily doing you know full time um, if it's a small organization that doesn't have the sufficient um, um, funding but really in today's landscape um, threat landscape I think it's it's really very um, 
important to have uh, you know however small the team might be uh, someone who's really dedicated for that because what you need is you need a accountability but also continuity um, which is extremely important because really coming in and looking at it and then going out again and doing another job it's really a recipe for for disaster what is happening especially when the attacks are patient um, well resourced um, very tactical and they can be dormant for days, month, um, you know, let alone weeks, and therefore someone who's more focused will be will be extremely important. Now, this goes hand in hand with the um, the usage of MFAs. Um, you know, the the making sure that you don't have any inactive users within the organization because it seems um, most of um, immature or at least mature organizations do tend to actually really disable um, people who left the organization much too late. Um, and once that person is out of your organization, uh, is, is out of reach. Um, and therefore, you set time um, to get that in, in sync on the termination of the um employee the other one of course continuous access validation this is the zero trust um, that we normally really preach and, and and make sure that you are familiar with um, and 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 make sure that you actually kick out any user who doesn't meet um, sort of a validation timeline or a baseline that the organization is is setting um, as a foundation um, in particular for this um, um, story, the, um, this airline, um, what they were using is they were using the, the IMAP um, protocol. Um, and of course, the IMAP protocol is, is an old um, messaging protocol. Um, it stands for Internet Access Message Protocol. Um, and it really um, is a protocol that we used to use um, to manage and retrieve emails, um, messages from a server. Um, and if, you, if you're familiar with or if you're still using, um, we tend to connect uh, or download sort of a, a messaging client such as um, any, any popular uh, messaging client, you know, Outlook is, is a messaging client on a client side. Um, the Exchange is a server side, but this relates to the messaging side, um, the client side. Um, and Or maybe you download in uh, like Thunderbird uh, or any other um, messaging client on your personal desktop sometimes because most of the organizations don't use it really. Um, um, then if you are allowed and if the organization had made a mistake, they may allow you to connect um, your um, PC to connect to the exchange um, with AMAP um, and that Internet Access Message Protocol to receive messages. And But the issue is when it pulls the messages, it, it actually keeps that um, a copy within your within your PC. Um, and therefore, if your PC is compromised, all those messages become a database um, that can easily be forwarded victim to anyone who has attacked your um, your PC. Um, the alternative, of course, is um, it's the SMTP, um, Simple Mail Transfer uh, Protocol, which is the de facto modern today's use. Uh, there is an older one, obviously, um, with regard to the client side, the post office um, protocol, um, POP3, um, POP 
Post Office Protocol 3 relates to the version at that time, and that also is really out of date. You shouldn't be really using it. Um, the POP or the IMAP, um, of course, SMTB is a, is, is a relay service um, that can send emails without having to build your own SMTB um, server. Um, and of course, if you are organizations which allows employees to use IMAP, then you really have to do a bit more um, homework on how to do basic hygiene and get rid of all of those and make sure you rely on the de facto um, essentially um, protocol that um, that we use today so that's one um, one 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 thing that actually went wrong um, and the other one is the is is really the the end result um, the amount of information that is left on that um, um, email client um, that is pulled from the server um, is then a liability uh, because really you cannot manage that client sitting over there um, with the amount of email that is pulled in, especially those if those emails are sensitive um, and therefore um, the emails that we normally send ourselves um, can be outgoing. Um, um, from your organization or maybe incoming from third party or it might be an internal email communicating between employees. Either way, really, especially the internal email communication, um, the outgoing and the and the incoming is, is no-go for extremely sensitive staff um, when you're sending those. And those should be, of course, put through a security layer, um, either um, setting up the gateway for your um, corresponding organization to set Tab at TLS, or and of course, then ensuring um, to things that I'm going to come to next. Um, once you deliver the message securely, then you worry about how that message is kept as well. Um, and the other one is if you're not using TLS. Um, for uh, other organization because it can be really difficult um, to know which organization has put up the um, encryption tunnel um, and normally organization then fall back to a policy called um, 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 sort of opportunistic um, which basically means your server will probe the recipient um, that's supposed to receive the message and then um, will only then establish the tunnel if the other end supports, which is logical. Um, but what about if it doesn't? Then if it doesn't, then it actually sends it through the normal um, SMTB um, channel, which by default is not secured. Um, so so that's one thing. Um, for organizations that you will be, of course, dealing with day-to-day and are quite sensitive, maybe it's a partnership between you and your organization, then, of course, you need to make sure um, the two entities set up that tunnel. So that's one. If it doesn't, and if it's sort of a opportunistic, then you rely on um, the typical um, encryption, which is sort of a gateway to recipient um, encryption, um, where you set up a policy specifically for highly targeted users, maybe finance, maybe board, uh, maybe um, um, legal, and any message that goes through that is automatically then put um, through a steps of encryption where uh, an encryption message will be delivered to the recipient. We're not going to go into the details of how that is done. Um, I'm sure I've talked about it um, previously. If not, I will cover that. And uh, and the third is, of course, you know whatever message that flows through that channel, encrypted or otherwise, especially for the third um, element, which is the internal email flow, um, you shouldn't be really using email um, as a sort of a containing extremely sensitive data. I know it's very difficult to say that. <laughs> it's easier said than done. Um, but really things that are of 
sensitive nature, especially for your own organization, maybe um, um, encryption keys, maybe API keys, you try to minimize um, where that trail is left behind and certainly not email because then you're preparing yourself for a potential attack um, and you're asking yourself, if this email is actually compromised, then really how much data will they actually clean out of the um, inboxes of the users? Um, so that, that's really the question you're asking up front. So you've been proactive. Um, and of course, not all users should be just you know streaming sensitive information we're talking about highly targeted maybe security maybe auditing maybe um, um the SOC team who might actually rely quite a lot of keys apis and and authentication um, um tokens those should be not really leaving a lot of um, trails behind because those are the people who are targeted and apparently as far as this airline is concerned um, an account actually being compromised and then a statue of other staff were found and then misused and then it went out to the public domain so it's about really proactiveness security awareness um, continuous access validation zero trust mfa the, the, the usual hygiene really will bring the mitigation level um, quite well um, in bar with what you're actually um, aiming to achieve as an organization. So that would be, I think, a, a good um, um, message out of this unfortunate situation that uh, the American airline has actually fallen victim for. The last few years, um, at least the last five to ten years, we've we've seen an enormous um, continuous flow of breaches, um, loss of data, um, but also theft. Um, because governments and businesses had to admit their security and data protection are weak. Um, and therefore, with the addition of compliances, um, GDPR and the, um, the California Act, um, we see more and more um, organizations, of course, admitting um, as early as possible because it all became now how do you deal with the breach rather than dwelling on exactly what happened which is important um, in today's show we will have a look at one aspect of what might cause that breach um, of that high profile of that um, huge legal ramification um, to the organization um, which inevitably be will be just as damaging as an outsider attack um, so there is now a greater understanding that the hidden rock insider can cause extreme harm take the typical um, narcissistic um, worker um, who requires uh, constant attention and validation um, um, but also he or she is a high-performing, um, trustworthy um, individual. Um, but also um, it's the opposite of that, the non-social, um, introvert, um, equally highly skilled um, employee um, who would basically would um, stay hidden behind the scene but do their job very quickly. They could each represent a hidden threat. Um, the insider who might deliberately or inadvertently cause damage to the entire organization doesn't really fit into your kind of definition that you might be looking out for. And the damage caused by a malicious insider each year are not just really big, they are huge. Um, and they do 
continues um, to rise um, beyond anything else. Um, now, it will entail a number of aspects, not necessarily what you might be thinking, um, but let's, let's, let's go into the meat of, of, of the matter. Um, Inside, they have a unique utility, right? They have the privilege. That's their utility. They have the ability um, to cause harm if they do choose to do so, or if they don't, but do a mistake. Um, and those are the two main form, because an organization internal security measures are known to them. Um, if they exist um, in an organization, um, they more likely to cause damage. Generally, um, it's easier for an employee to circumvent the tools that they are um, put in place to protect the organization themselves. Um, the hard and primitive defenses, all the tools that we talk about in this show, um, week in and week out. And from their position within the organization that they work for and inside, they not only have an enhanced access to the target, the tool um, of the organization, they also have the ability to identify um, any gaps um, technologically, but also from process point of view, um, including people, because, uh, you know, security is not just about technology, right? So security is made out of people, process, and technology. Um, and I would say in that order, because technology is is, is developed, uh, maintained, um, improved, um, but also um, operated by individuals. Um, and we're talking about the human being, the individual, um, who is the enforcer, um, you know, the individual who should have the watchful eye on the policy but also on the protection and enforcement um, so therefore if they do turn rogue um, then it's increasing the opportunity for a damage to occur with minimal effort um, or if they just making a um, you know unintentional uh, mishap um, without realizing because they don't have that amount of um, security education now, they have the ability to locate, discover the critical asset, locate where they are, um, to get them without risking detention, um, detection. Um, so inside the threat might also include well-intentioned employee um, as well as you know, accidental, um, unwittingly um, causing harm um, and, and therefore um, creating chaos within organization. So regardless, really, of whether the employee is an unintentional or um, intentional threat to the, um, to the organization, um, we need to be aware of it, define it, but also put the countermeasure um, to... A, prevent, um, but also mitigate to the lowest level possible, um, depending on the resources available to you. Looking at a threat that is within, um, so really putting things um, inside out is very hard um, things to do for an organization. And since most don't want to admit right, that a trusted employee could uh, or would intentionally or unintentionally cause harm. It's a sort of a taboo subject, but I think we are now maturing that is for better um, 
um, for all of us to really deal and recognize because without admitting, there's no cure. Uh, so most organizations focus too much attention towards attack originated from the outside and, and, and not much towards the, um, what is coming from the inside. So the inside the threat quickly becomes then a sort of a hidden threat um, and, and a danger within. And that's really what I meant by that. You could also argue um, the definition changes uh, depending on who you talk to. So take a look at this definition of an insider. An individual who has or previously had been authorized to use the information system they employed to perpetrate harm. Right, that's one of them. Um, but also, the, it can be also the person who has the potential to harm an organization for which they have inside knowledge or access. There is this nuance to that. The first typically um, points a typical employee that come to mind when I say that. But the second definition um, is a, it's a person who has the potential to harm an organization for which they have inside knowledge or access. That is more broader um, because it includes now partnership. It includes third party who have access. And really going back the um, memory lane, um, how many really um, threats um, that has been successfully um, um, achieved um, that can fit um, this definition um, where a third party comes into into the picture and really almost the last I would say top three um, big um, involving third party um, are um, essentially fall into that definition where a intentionally or unintentionally an organization was impacted um, because something somewhere has happened and that thing had a inside knowledge that has been deliberately given um, to achieve or do their their work but broadly really a definition that i come across which is for me um, sits well is is this one an insider threat is one or more individuals with the access and or insider knowledge of a company an organization or an enterprise that would allow them the opportunity to exploit weaknesses in that organization of facility security systems product or services with the intent to cause harm or obtain an unauthorized advantage and the key for me is would allow them the opportunity that's really the the key part of that definition where now it's a not necessarily um a whether it's intentional or not intentional but it also includes that they, they haven't done the due diligence so it's incumbent to organization because the definition goes wider now for training and awareness for all individuals because remember um policy is part of the employees are part of the policy to achieve a secure stature of your organization let's have a look at the type of insider threat um, um, a bit more so intentional what i say what do i mean by that as opposed to unintentional uh, which i will come into in, in a minute an intentional is let's say data theft um, exfiltration um, deliberate violation of rules um, sort of a personal agenda vendetta um, that the employee is really aiming at. That's intentional. That's just without shadow of a doubt. The other one is the unintentional, which is inadequate. 
um, knowledge, lack of knowledge, lack of training and awareness, uh, lack of really defined role of what the employer should or should do. Normally, this is compounded by lack of access control because if you do a mistake but the technology saves you, then that's good enough. But if the technology is weak and the accident that you've actually have done um, cascades down and actually does more damage and there is no sort of a um, restriction when it comes to technological um, mitigation, then that becomes really a, a catapult to a more um, stressful situation and more um, issue. The other one, social engineering exploitation, um, which is intentionally done towards the inner um, looking of the organization because that individual that inside the thread that is doing an intentional social engineering really has a lot of power because they are already trusted and social engineering you know the the one big thing that is going for uh, us is you know do we trust this individual who's trying to um, make us do something that we don't normally do um, but if it's someone that you trust, then all bets are off the table because you're not going to really pay too much attention while you're doing that. You will be on autopilot because you might have had a discussion, you might have had a relationship with this individual. If you contrast now with what I have described to the traditional attacker, um, what they do is they try to leverage vulnerabilities to deliver malicious payload from outside in via exploitation. But this isn't. Um, so, and really more and more, what you actually see is a shift away from um, attacking the technology, um, exploitation and consistently moving um, closer and closer to the actual weakness, which is the individual, right? So, um, and initially, um, the attackers really want to, um, want to trick the users by enabling them malicious macro, micro offices, social engineering, taking them outside of the environment and making them download something that then comes back to the organization and exploits whatever weakness that they have identified in the research um, initial stage. Um, and this is where the, um, um, the insider threats sometimes actually are laced um, because they can be taken out of the organization and, 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 and actually be um, lured to do some other things, um, which I will come into a minute. But just to really contrast a, um, the actual traditional approach to the insider threat, that's essentially the big differences. And with that, we came to the end of part one of this show. We will continue with part two next week. Thanks for joining me for this week anyway, and I hope to see you next week. Until then, take care.